0: This is a disaster a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. And today we're going off book for a new feature. Is it new? Yeah, I guess it's new. It's the first time we're doing it. New. Uh, called Film Fiasco. Where hey, we talk hey. about disaster movies. So today we're talking about Sunshine. Yeah. Bit of a spoiler. Uh, well, there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this discussion, uh, but a bit of a spoiler. Uh, you're going to hear two fanboys talking about this movie. Yeah. Uh, We're going to get into the controversy. There's some controversy about the third act later on. Um, There might be some controversy just going in. It's not
1: the first movie that comes to mind when I think of a disaster movie. Right. Uh, But it is one of our collective favorite movies. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about it. It's definitely my top
0: three sci-fi movies. Uh, It's up there in my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And it's kind of the movie that, turn the corner for me about disaster movies in general i didn't really like going to see movies where shit goes wrong right i'm like uh enough (laughs) stuff goes wrong in my life a little stressful (laughs) i don't need i don't need to go watch same reason i didn't like horror until relatively recently right 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 i got enough i can think myself into a state of fear i don't need to watch a movie to do that. (laughs)
1: voluntarily unnerved
0: um but yeah so basically tons of spoilers um if you haven't seen sunshine what have you been doing with your life? Exactly. Um, stop right
1: now. Go watch it. Go
0: watch it because there's going to be an in-depth discussion of the entire movie. We're going to go kind of more or less beat by beat. Um, so it's going to spoil the whole thing for you. you just watch it. Yeah, duh. Just, what how, how, what just, are you still doing here? Stop, stop listening. Pause. Well, don't stop. Maybe just don't leave. Come back. Make sure you come back. <laughs> <laughs> Please come Please back. Please come back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to start off. Basic premise. The sun is dying. Yes. So if you've ever seen The Core... This is kind of like – I was skeptical about this movie when I first heard it because the premise of the core –
1: I was like, oh, that's dumb. Yeah. What are you telling me Because, like, Um, I remember
0: I I had – my friends and I had so much fun making fun of the core – Especially the line where it's like the core of the earth has stopped spinning. So basically the premise <laughs> of this is like the sun has stopped sunning. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. and and like there's no oh, more sun to sun on the, the sun. It's the core in space. It's going to be terrible. But then I saw a trailer and it blew my mind and then I saw the movie and it blew it further. So right. um, yeah. So basically um, sun's dying and they send these missions out to restart it. And we'll get into maybe a little bit of the physics of how they do that, but they're basically just going to drop a giant bomb into the sun, explode it and have it restart. Yeah. Um, a little bit more background. The enough. There are two of these missions because Icarus 1 uh, gets sent out and Earth loses touch with it. It basically goes dark. Nothing happens. Nobody knows what happened to it. So Earth builds a second one of these bombs, basically mines the rest of any resources they had available, build Icarus 2, and they send it out as basically humanity's last hope to restart the sun. Mm -hmm. So that's the basic setup. Um, Movie does a really good job, I thought, of showing the journey, especially like when in the setup, in the opening scenes. Yeah. Like uh, I think it opens, if I remember on uh, the psychologist Searle, exposing himself to as much sunlight as he could handle remember he's like yeah he's
1: in the uh observation room
0: yeah he's like recommending to everybody sort of to take in the awesome power of the sun which
1: yeah and i actually i made a few notes Mm -hmm. one of my notes was a quote from him okay which is important to me yeah he says so yeah he's he's recommending and he's the psych officer yeah that's right so he's recommending everyone spend some time in the observation deck and just Get as much sunlight as you can. He says, darkness is an absence of something. It's a vacuum.
0: Total light, it envelops you. It becomes you. So that's cool. That is so awesome. And they, I thought like the way it's shot, maybe we'll just gush about the movie while we tell... (laughs) <laughs> I thought I we might save inevitable. it to the end, but right. basically it's going to be, we're joking, it's going to be four hours of gushing. Right, right, right. But basically what I love about how they film that is how they depict the sun as just filling the room. Yeah. It's not just like bright. It's not like the whole frame gets bright or whatever. The effects that they use make it seem like it's this liquid that fills the room. Yeah. And it just basically is a visual, perfect visual depiction of what that quote says.
1: Yeah. And it's almost, his reaction to it is almost like he's being like, shoved around by it. Like yeah. it's, it's like. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so like how easy would it be to resist the temptation to just stare into the light, right? You're that yeah. far away. Like I've, nobody's ever been this close to the sun. Exactly. So he gets a little bit obsessed with the sunroom mm-hmm. uh, and it's a cool kind of like undercurrent. Yeah, uh, It's funny He it gets more and more sunburned. Yeah. Like he's like... the scabs or whatever. <laughs> Peeling
1: the skin off his <laughs> yeah. face.
0: And I wonder like he's, like we said, he's a psych officer. I'm wondering how many conversations there were like. Uh, hey, Doc, should you be, you know, burning yourself alive? <laughs> yes. Everything okay, buddy? Are
1: you, should I put my sanity in your hands?
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, next thing that kind of happens, or one of the first things that happens is they get cut off from humanity seven days early. So they knew that they were going to lose touch around Mercury, I think. Yeah. Um, But it happened seven days earlier than they thought, which is kind of a, you know, you could see that being a little bit of a point of contention. Like you you always knew that you were going to be alone for the last, I don't know, month or so of the journey. Or I'm not sure what the time right. is at that point, last couple of weeks. Like what's
1: the, does it take three months to get there? Or was it 13 months or? It's been a the while. The journey, I can't yeah. remember. Like the,
0: <clears throat> That's the, something that we should It's checked. months long. Yeah, but we should what. mention, because this will be relevant later, that uh, the time between Icarus 1 and Icarus 2 is about seven years. Right. Yeah, so it took them seven years to build a second one. Right. Um, and get the next mission going. So yeah, They got... Cut off seven days early. There's some, um, the science officer or the physicist, his name's Kappa, played by Killian Murphy. Um, He takes a little bit too long sending his last message and then uh, Captain America (laughs) freaks out on him and they get in a fight and stuff. Um, Anyway, all that just to say, what I thought was interesting is that they have, he goes to see Captain America, goes to see, I'm going to keep calling him Captain America. (laughs) Although, you know what's interesting? While watching this movie or while rewatching it, I kept in my notes saying Captain America, and then I, I paused a moment and remembered the date and was like, this is a year before the MCU started. which was oh, Which is kind of, <laughs> I don't know. For me, thinking about like movies pre and post MCU is like life before and after Facebook or right, YouTube. Right, right, right. For me, like Iron Man's been around forever.
1: I know. And it's, it's become such a, like
0: as far as movies go, yeah. it's,
1: it's, it's all-encompassing. Yeah, like right. Pre- and post-Marvel takeover. Yeah,
0: yeah. So anyway, Chris yeah. Evans. Um, Mace. Mace, that's yeah. right. So he gets uh, his prescription from Searle is to the psychologist is to spend some time in essentially their holodeck, yeah, which is to remind them of Earth. And I thought that was like a cool sort of psychological thing that exists. I'm not sure if they have similar tricks on like submarines or other things where you're isolated for a right. long time. But I thought that that was a really interesting, uh, interesting way. But it's VR, essentially. It is VR. It's just
1: sort of not really interacting, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, So then we get other shots. We get uh, Kaneda, which is the captain. uh, One of my favorite characters. Probably my second favorite character in the movie. Okay. Um, Yeah, he's great. So he he watches a recording from the captain of the Icarus One, whose name is Pinbacker, Mm -hmm. about getting hit by a meteor shower. And that's kind of like an early sign that... Uh, things might not all be well with Icarus right. One. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, like in the, the he says uh, that, you know, they get hit by this meteor shower. And then he says, got to tell you, Moonbase, it was beautiful. Yeah. And you're like, you, you almost got destroyed by a meteor shower. Yeah. I'm calling it beautiful. Yeah, you shouldn't be going, whew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's a little unnerving from a captain. A little bit from the captain of a ship who's supposed to be level-headed. And anyway, that was... Anyway, that, that's just a little little tease of what's to come.
1: Right, like the, sh- the mission's lost and and this is the captain of said mission. So yeah, it gives yeah. you an idea of, hmm.
0: And what also I liked about that scene where he's watching the transmission from Pinbacker is that it got me thinking about like the infectiousness of insanity. Yeah. The potential infectious. Because you could totally see somebody like Kaneda who's in charge of this mission to save the earth mm-hmm. watching a transmission from the guy who was in charge of the first try. yeah. And watching it and being like, this guy is getting a little unhinged. I wonder why uh-huh. start starts spiraling. Like we're really yeah. far away from everyone. We're going to make it. Are we going to make it back? Uh-huh. Is it going to work? Don't think about it. About, don't but think about like, it. But it's like, don't think about a pink elephant. You're thinking about one right now. Right. So it's, it's like the cycle. always thinking about pink <laughs> That's where you're wrong. <laughs> so yeah, there's this like, that's, and that's a major reason that I like this, love this movie so much is just the psychology of it and we'll get into the psychology of other characters but it's so like the psychology of isolation uh, and I'm doing some research for an upcoming episode that'll be airing sort of end of the summer. Mm. um, Airing. It'll be releasing (laughs) end of the summer and it deals with similar kind of things and it's just fascinating to me. Very interesting. Like, Isolation and what it can do to people.
1: Oh yeah, there's. I mean, it reminded me of the of John Carpenter's The Thing, which <laughs> is probably another one of my favorite movies. And <laughs> again, it's the same thing. They're in the Antarctic, bunch of guys isolated, yep. paranoid, turning on each other. Yeah, it's a great concept. Would you call The Thing a disaster? <laughs> I, it had disastrous consequences. Let's call it a disaster. Let's call it a disaster. There'll be an episode about the same. Stay tuned. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best movies ever. So. They get possibly the coolest sounding sound of all time hmm. picked up by their comms officer. Yes. And he's gonna become important later. Uh, his name's Trey. Right. Um, so uh, and maybe we'll just play that sound right now. Maybe it's been playing this whole time. Because it is yeah. one of the coolest sounds I've ever heard. Oh yeah. You, you can you can conjure it right now. I right? can it's it's looped in my head. It was my ring phone for years. <laughs> <laughs> um but basically they get a distress beacon from Icarus One, and it seems to be intact and more or less like very close to the sun. I guess it's just been sitting there for the last seven years. Nobody really knows what happened to it, but it's intact. And it still has its payload, which is the bomb that they were going to use to restart the sun. Mm-hmm. So you get this, you could see the overwhelming temptation where it's like, we've got we got one of these. Um there's another one here right. and maybe the crew as well, because they have these different ways of coping with, like they've got gardens. They could potentially have survived for those seven years. No, oh, yeah. Um, and Trey actually says at one point that uh, we'll have to look at it very carefully, mm. like to see how we could get there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Should've they should have. Heeded his own advice. Yeah, yeah, maybe should have. But anyway, ultimately <laughs> they leave it up to the physicist, which I thought that interaction was kind of hilarious. Right. Because uh, K- Kappa, Killian Murphy, is uh, sort of sitting off to the side. He doesn't really say anything during the whole discussion of like, should we go get Icarus 1 or not? Right. So um, Mace is adamant that they don't. Yeah. Kanita is, as captain,
1: yeah. is kind of backing him up. Yeah. And who is it that I probably, I don't know, I forget who is sort of curious to,
0: yeah. that it would, it would be a good Cyril. idea. Probably Searle and
1: maybe Cassie as yeah,
0: well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But uh, what I liked about that is that I think at one point Mace or someone says, "We'll we'll, we'll vote on it," uh-huh. and that was like I thought that was a very good depiction of how scientists would handle it and how like astronauts would handle it. Yeah. Where they say we'll vote on it, and they say no, we won't. Right, we're gonna think it through and then do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's it's when they kind of democracy. Kinda, yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna hand it to the person who's most able to make this determination, mm-hmm. uh, which is Kappa. And that's yeah. when it kind of like cuts over to Kappa, and he's like, "Shh." Yeah. He's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for making me that guy. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. So falls on him. He ultimately decides to go for it because yeah. they keep running simulations. They don't even know if one bomb is going to work. Right. So if the first one fails, they want to have another one. His his quote is two last hopes is better than one. Yeah.
1: And I like every time he ran that simulation, the simulation screwed up mm-hmm. at a point where it was like... There's too, too many theory. variables. Can't. It was like a blue-screening Microsoft computer. Exactly. Screen, which is like nope,
0: nope. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, cool. I love that. Yeah. But yeah, imagine, imagine being that person. And I'm sure there's, uh, you know, like what's what's the hardest decision you've had to make in your life, right? And I'm not saying that you haven't made hard decisions, but I'm oh. trying to think like, like life-altering decisions that I've made have had a lot of impact on me. Minimal, if any, impact on someone else. Exactly. Maybe my wife. Right. But this is like, do we go get this other payload and potentially risk saving all of humanity? Saving Earth,
1: killing yeah. everyone on board. Yeah. Uh, Only thing
0: that hangs in the balance is all of Earth's past, present, and future. That's it. So that's don't, all. you know, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure about this. Don't dwell on it too much. <laughs> go with your gut. Exactly. So I thought this would be a good time for a sidebar. About the science behind the sun dying. I love a sidebar. Yeah. And for that, we brought in my friend, Norm. Hey. AKA Nuclear Norm. Nuclear Norm. Yep. And he's going to tell us all about
2: how this is possible. Tell us about it, Norm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to let you finish. But okay. Pretty much, cue balls are theoretical physics particles from early universe dark matter. Okay. And there's no way they would just wander into the sun tomorrow and then start causing it to dim like. Really? In a day, but yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, are you saying there's a chance? Um, uh, if is there a particle collider on the sun that could create these early universe cue balls? Uh, well, no one's been there, so, so you can't <laughs> say that there's not. Well, yeah, maybe the guys in the movie brought a particle collider, oh. created. Like in the film, they essentially say that they they made it up, and oh. even oh. the even Brian Cox, the, the scientific yeah. advisor, yeah. Kind of was like, yeah, this is where it's a real stretch here to justify oh. it to ourselves. Uh, um, it's kind of a it's kind harsh of, in our it buzz. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, but you're actually interested in, in knowing how a sun actually would die? Yeah, that'd be awesome, I guess. Yeah, there's there's lots of neat stuff in, involved with that. Okay. Uh, Let's hear it. Yeah, so our sun is <laughs> sort of a mid sized star. Okay. And it's it's about 5 billion years old. Mm. Awesome. That young? Yeah. It's 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 How old is the universe? Thirteen point seven B. Oh wow. Mm. Big ones. So it's so it's old. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there's 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 a lot more to that, but yeah, it's okay. it's, it's it's five billion years old. That's awesome. It's pretty old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean Peter's what uh four four point three billion I think. <laughs> we uh, call a burn. Yeah, so so you you're are you guys have sort of basic high school knowledge at yep. least of chemistry and you're aware of hydrogen, yes. the uh, basic atom in the universe. That's the most what makes balloons elements. float, right? Uh, that's helium, uh-huh. but hydrogen is mm-hmm. what makes the Hindenburg float. I oh. heard your latest podcast, mm. well, your second latest, where you hinted at something. Just... Yep. Yeah. Back to the bomber blitz. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah yep. okay. So um, there's that. <clears throat> okay. Fair enough. So the sun is basically just hydrogen yep. and a crap ton of it so okay. that it is super, super dense, okay. okay, and its own gravity causes the hydrogen to fuse into helium. Okay. Which so is helium the, does play a role. <laughs> helium. Uh, <laughs> in, in fact, it does. It, it, it actually ruins everything. Your jape was not so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it will ruin everything. Oh, okay. Uh, it'll, it'll fuse it into helium. Okay. And then that creates energy via E equals mt squared. You may have heard of this one.
0: Classic. No, no
2: never heard of that, is that one. that a band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yes, you may have heard of that. Okay. So it creates energy. All right. And the sun basically just does that forever. It's been doing that for 5 billion years. Okay. What was it doing for the first three? Uh, exactly that. Okay. And and before that. Oh, okay. So basically mm. it's just been sitting there slamming hydrogen together, oh, making helium cool. Cool. Uh, for 5 billion years. So I'm not sure if this is getting too fundamental, but what starts that slamming? Lots of unknown factors. Okay, fair enough. Basically... Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just matter in the universe, and it'll coalesce, and then eventually, just by chance, more and more matter accretes together. So the sun's going to burn. Yeah. It's been burning for, uh, I want to say, 5 billion years by now. Okay. Right, right. 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 So it's going to continue doing that, hydrogen to helium, for another 5 billion years. So it's going to be 10 billion years, 10 big billion years. Okay. It's just going to be doing that on its own thing. Fair enough. So we're at the halfway point. Yeah. And it's not just going to dim out like in the movie and require us to throw a nuke at it. Are you sure? That's good news. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh, I have some stats written down somewhere, but basically there's no amount of nukes that could possibly restart the sun. Not even a really, really big one? Yeah, what about one really big one? (laughs) Uh, Even that, no. But this – in the movie, they talk about how these cue balls are trying to nuke – they don't say it in the movie. But they justify it by saying they're going to target and nuke these cue balls to get rid of them. So they're not actually restarting the sun, even though that's what they say in the film. Okay. They say they're going to – well, they justify it as we're going to nuke these cue balls and hopefully that will restart the sun as opposed to actually nuking the core of the sun to restart it. could you nuke a cue ball? We're I just then, really mm. want to blow something up with well, a considering nuke. Considering <laughs> we don't really know what a cue ball is and know. if it actually ever existed, and in fact, it may have only existed during the Big Bang, mm. it's probably not there. You say there's a chance? <laughs> <It's> not particularly. <laughs> okay, <cool>. fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, after about... In the year 5 billion. Right, okay. So that'll be 10 billion years where the sun is going down. Right. It'll eventually start running out of hydrogen. Okay. Mm. And that's when it's going to get into trouble. Right. So it, there's not enough mass in the sun mm-hmm. to fuse helium. Okay. So it's just going to be building up helium. Yeah. And, and a really good analogy is it's like soot in your fireplace. Oh yeah. It's okay. burning, 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 and yeah. then it's like it's running out of stuff to burn. Right. right. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's still it's still burning. But yep. imagine if your fireplace was constantly getting more and more pressurized as as you're as you're burning. Okay. Just um, take care of that. Yeah, yeah probably <laughs> release some pressure. So yeah. so, so once <gasps>
0: with a nuke. <laughs> then, mm, That's a no. great way to release pressure. <laughs> no,
2: I guess uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a, a, a fun sidebar in that. Okay. The 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 matter in, in the yeah I know you love sidebars. We're all about sidebars. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the amount of matter yeah. in the solar system yeah is something like 99.8 percent of the matter in the solar system is yeah. the sun. Oh, okay. <laughs> the remaining 02 percent of yeah. the matter is everything else, and most of that is Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's so great. so all these nukes would be oh, a fraction of like if we just got every amount of uranium we had yeah. and threw it at the sun, it yeah. would be a fraction of a fraction of a percentage. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> Do you ever feel like
2: infinitesimally
0: small yeah do you ever feel like Like, nothing matters do you ever (laughs) feel like just and you want to curl up in a fetal position (laughs)
2: yeah why do you you think i cry myself to sleep every night after i've learned this material
0: (laughs) joking aside though, that ties in really well to uh stuff we've talked about in other episodes um where like it's just the the universe and nature doesn't care Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Yeah. and like
0: it'll it'll come up again in this story and in other stories but like we can think that we're f- fancy and have all of our like fancy spaceships, exactly. But like the sun can just do like the equivalent of flicking a bug. Uh huh. Our yeah. our
2: wants and needs are beyond laughable. Yeah. 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 So then, when you have an existential crisis, thinking about this, you can worry, or you, can, you know yeah. that the universe doesn't care about your existential crisis.
0: If you want to pause the podcast right now and have an existential crisis, yeah. we'll be here when you come we'll back. We'll be here, or just
2: you know,
1: go watch. Rest of development.
2: Yeah. Sunny. And, just <laughs> and then come it, back. Feel about, about yourself. Always yeah. come back. Yeah. 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 So uh, what's next? Where do we end off? Yeah. So yeah. It's, fu- it's at the point where there's this sort of such so just building up in the, in the fireplace, <clears throat> yeah, which right. is the helium, and yep. it can't use that as any fuel. Okay. So it, it starts actually getting hotter than, because there's there's so much matter. It's yep. actually forcing the core to become more dense. Okay. And it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. Yeah. And um, what ends up happening is it starts burning the outside shell of the sun. Okay, it's that starts fusing. Mm. Uh, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, mm. no, that's really bad because <laughs> it, it, it has nowhere to go anymore. It can't just sit in the core and, and, and continue to fuse. So it actually okay. blows outwards because a, uh, a heated gas expands as, you, as you're aware. Yeah, you know, sure. yeah. etc. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter, you know a little something about that. This chair can tell some stories. <laughs> 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 I should talk. Yeah. So then, then, then the start starts. Uh, the sun is going to expand. Yeah. Okay. And this is uh, for about another half billion years. Right. It'll just uh, inflate. Okay. And this wow. is called a subgiant.
0: Okay. So okay. so it's,
2: it's just it's just going to blow up right. real real big okay. about to the current radius of where venus is. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be really hot. So mercury is it's, it's toast. It's toast. toast. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be in the sun. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, Mercury is in the sun. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Um and the, oh by the way, at this point, the sun is so hot and bright, yeah. you know, it, it would have just roasted our, our surface, earth's surface. We're gone. Right. Because yeah. it's a delicate balance right yeah, now. Yeah, right? yeah. The right. earth is probably just molten rock by now. There, there's there's nothing. It it's burned. Right. It's My understanding blown. is like we've got a narrow band of survivability, right? Yeah. The sun. Well,
1: you know civilization will have fallen. Way before A couple years before. Oh, so way before. So we got nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll be long <laughs> gone. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> In about five years. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, exactly. so you don't have to worry about all these, all these like relics and, yeah. you know, podcasts that you have sitting on DVDs <laughs> we won't and hard drives. They're just going to get melted <laughs> oh, <God>. away. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, if you, you'd, you'd like know.
0: to have another existential crisis, please <laughs> yeah. pause yeah. the podcast and come right back. and yeah. I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. So, yeah. Hydrogen. It blows up. Subgiant. Okay. And at this point, due to some funky physics, yeah. the core actually does get hot enough to okay. fuse helium. And mm. this temperature is, I want to say, 100 million Kelvin. Okay. Uh. Kelvin. Kelvin, which hot. is like the, just 273 to shift to Celsius. Yeah. So it's basically 100 million Celsius. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. So, so at this point, the, the core is so hot, it'll yeah. start fusing helium. Okay. Helium into carbon. Oh, okay. And that's even worse. Oh, if God. you're wondering about that, that's getting... worse. So, 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 so it'll, it'll start fueling helium and carbon, got... and then the sun's going to shrink again. Okay. All so right. so it's going to, like, not right. have enough—what uh, uh, do you call it? Fuel? It, the the, the pressure—outward pressure of the sun will not be able to counter the gravity oh, okay. of its sucking in. Okay, gotcha, So gotcha, it's gotcha. actually going to lose— all of its outer, or not all, a large yeah. amount of its outer shell. Okay. So all, a lot of the hydrogen and stuff on the outer side is just yep. going to blow away. It's, like okay. it, it, it's too busy fusing helium into to <laughs> carbon, carbon to, mm. to, to even hold that around. <laughs> right. so, so the sun's okay. going to shrink. Okay. Like,
1: over, uh, over a long period of time, or will it blow it out, like...
2: Boom? It'll blow it out over another half billion years. Right. Okay. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. so, pretty, <laughs>
2: so relatively short.
1: Uh, see, yeah.
0: the, the scales that we're talking about, though, half billion doesn't sound that long yeah. anymore. Well, not when you say the sun's ten billion. five billion and yeah, another
2: five ten, billion. Ten, yep. five, yeah. That's, like, snap. Yeah. Yeah. So then okay. it'll actually be hot enough in the core to fuse helium into okay. carbon right. and, yeah, okay. and, and other, other nonsense. Sure. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, so, so it's going to do that. And yeah. then the exact same thing is going to happen again where it builds up a bunch of carbon in the core right. and it can't, it's like different heavier soot in yeah. your fireplace where right. that can't fuse. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So it's going to blow up again. It's going to inflate again okay. in, into a red giant. And this is this the... It's, it's deflated, inflated okay. twice to a red giant.
0: So these cycles, is that how you get like the different... And I don't... I'm not versed in like the different names of stars, but is this like going through different phases of stars? Like you said red giant
2: right now. Yeah, that, that's a, a death phase. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, it's a type of star but it's it's this type of star's death cycle. What phase are we in now with the sun? Uh, it yeah. is sort of I guess regular life. I don't know. Okay. It's It's It's, it, it's, yeah. it's, st- yeah. it's stable in that its okay. gravity yeah. completely counterbalances <laughs> the amount of uh, light that it's gotcha. pushing so it's stable. Okay, okay. And cool. it's going to continue doing that until- Yeah. Um, although, you know, it is building up helium in the core right now. Right. So the sun- Actually, is getting hotter right every day. Okay, because the core is getting hotter. Okay, so you can if you're like, eh, it's uh, global warming. Right. The right. sun's getting hotter. Why well, do anything? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> you know, in five billion years, we'll uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. be toast anyway. So just like keep oh, burning that's that coal, what boys. What they mean? Right. <laughs> right. Okay, got it, got it,
0: got it. It's all coming together. <laughs> yeah, but it's not
1: big enough to. Supernova. No, no. Okay, um, it, it
2: would have to be. I think eight times. I think is the critical. Okay. Uh, oh. Or like sort of three to eight times is where where you get the, of mass it's only we'll, we'll, specific we'll, stars. We'll uh, Supernova. Check out
0: yeah. Lee the brain on yeah, stars. Like, how
2: do you figure that one out?
1: <laughs> I get bored at work. Wikipedia. Is okay. Right. Fair
2: Pop <laughs> quiz. What do you think happens <laughs> if it's bigger than eight times the mass of a sun? Uh, uh
0: black hole.
2: Yeah, White man. dwarf. He's black hole. Black hole is a oh, black oh, hole. Nice. Yeah, black you Check got out that brain on black holes. <laughs> Check out the big brain on. <laughs> 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 that, that's some mind-crushing mind. <laughs> mind-crushing physics that you can discuss uh, on a later date. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear more about that. I remember uh, reading um, literally Have you ever heard of spaghetti- <laughs> spaghettification? Yeah. Is that when you make spaghetti? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when the black hole makes you have, into spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So Somebody should have cross told Matthew McConaughey about the that. Uh, Event
1: Horizon. You <laughs> yeah, yeah, to
2: pasta. In, oh. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. A different movie, but instead of flying right. into the black hole and being turned into spaghetti and frozen in time, he peace yeah. saved, saved the world. Yeah, I think so. I think He saved the world yeah. with with love, though. That's I, yeah. Well, that's a whole other movie. And then there's the
1: well Disney's the black hole. where you go into the black hole, and yeah. you go into hell. Isn't that also event, event Horizon?
2: I Maybe. feel like we're going off the rails here. <laughs> yeah. So on a right, yeah. black holes. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so where were we? The, 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 the sun has now... We're um, a red dwarf now. Yeah, yeah it's a red yep. dwarf. It's, it's, it's deflated, inflated. Okay. And now at this point, when it's fusing helium into carbon, it's super unstable and okay. it's super bright, even brighter than before. So it's going to inflate even further than it did before. It's going to okay. suck up the earth. Right. It's... And it's not sure what's going to happen to the earth. It's gonna be as as far out as the Earth is. Right. So Venus is closer than, okay. than Earth. Yeah. That's how big it's gonna be. Okay. Yeah. And Jeez. we don't know what's gonna to happen to the Earth. Whether the Earth is gonna get flung out yeah. or it's gonna get sucked into the sun and just be orbiting inside the, the plasma of the sun. Uh, uh, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, well, Either I mean, like, as I mentioned, we're, we're, we're molten. <laughs> oh, we're toast. N- we're molten. A hundred million billion years, or oh. not billion, but there's still like a trace oh. of a planet left. There's like, possibly, the possibly the just an iron core, like a husk. Oh, <laughs> Possibly okay. just a, like we have an iron core, yeah, yeah. it's possibly at this <laughs> point just a, a bunch of iron just floating right. yeah. around. You get okay. the old Mercury treatment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like. Yeah. I think Lee knows a little bit too Jeez. much about uh, <laughs> about stellar evolution. Secret. I get really ready. bored at work. <laughs> 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 it's been a slow week. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just of, researching sunshine. So, sun fusing helium into carbon. Yep. And then that's even worse because there is absolutely no way in hell it can ever have enough mass to fuse carbon. Okay. So that means the sun stops at this point. Um, once once it's run out of helium, yeah. it gets to carbon. It's just sitting there as carbon. Yeah. And it, there's no more outward pressure from light being generated. Right. So the sun just lo- – like all the, the pressure from the light emitting just takes all the mass away with it. And there's right. no more hydrogen. There's no more outer shells. Okay. It just blows away all the material on the outside of the sun. Right. Just lo- not really blowing away but letting yeah. it – you know, float away because there's no debris. more okay. um, there's no more fusion happening in the sun right. and then mm-hmm. you end up with a white dwarf uh-huh. ah. which is essentially the core of the sun yeah. uh-huh. none of the outside gas, everything plasma it's okay. all gone yeah. just the core of the sun yeah. it's Degenerate carbon Don't worry about what that means It's not like It comes up and says Hey suck it um, Degenerate carbon (laughs) It's it's a physics physics term Degenerate carbon And it just sits there And it'll glow For another 10 to 100 billion years And then it'll just fade out Mm. And that's how stars die Great
0: So, can you restart it with a nuke?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What I'm understanding is is not only is that film incorrect. sit in the corner. (laughs) Not only is the film incorrect, it actually is the opposite would have happened because it's not going to get colder. It's going to get way hotter first. We're going to melt before we freeze. Of course, unless there's some cue balls, magic cue balls that... That oh, suck the sun out. Yeah, yeah why, why doesn't that just happen? Yeah, yeah, that okay. could happen. That's right, a great idea. If there were cue balls okay. that somehow exist, yeah. and then they also exist in the sun, yeah, and then we somehow knew that, yeah. I think the film would work. You heard it here yeah. first. Well, there you
0: go. Sunshine yeah. can totally yeah. happen 100% yeah. according yeah. to Nuclear Norm. Oh, <laughs> all the, the film all works? works? That's yeah. all we needed to yeah. yeah. al- Also,
2: like, I mean, that, that's like one of my five favorite movies of all oh, time. I'm, totally. not, I'm not I'm not shitting all over it. It's, oh, totally. It's, no, we're... You're in good company. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to be yeah. gushing about it for a while. Yeah, I might yeah. just go home and watch it right now. Yeah, yeah. do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Nuclear Norm. Uh, can we have you back on the podcast later? Absolutely not. Great. Oh. So disaster one, I've split it up into multiple disasters. Okay. You'll see. Okay. So disaster one, I've titled Trey fucks up. (laughs) A favorite quote of yours. I use it all the time. (laughs) Trey, (laughs) uh, what'd you do? Yeah. Probably probably playing the quote right now (laughs) or we will. Yeah. So he basically sets to, so I guess he's like the astrophysicist. Right. Um, so Kappa is kind of the physicist who deals with the payload and like the if it's going to work or not. Yeah. Trey is the guy who does all the calculations of trajectories and he does all the rocket science. Yeah, yeah. So He's a rocket scientist. He is recalculating complex trajectories on how to basically make the intercept with Icarus one.
1: Right. They're going off course now. Going off course. Yeah. yeah. It's still
0: like the reason they decide to go for it ultimately is because it's off course, but it's not like other side of the sun. Like they can still get to it. No, it's right there. Yeah. It's a minor. They they got there. Yeah. Relatively minor course correction.
1: Yeah. Um, Which would be fine unless you were flying into the sun. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what he forgets to do is realign the shield panels. Yeah. So basically like they turn to go meet Icarus 1 and the front of the dish um, of Icarus 2 and both Icarus 1 and 2 is made up of these like reflective panels that right. keep the heat off of the ships.
1: Huge
0: shield. Right? Yeah. Envelops the front of the ship. Yeah, it's a super cool design. Yeah. Just watch the movie. <laughs> if you didn't watch it yet. What are you listening on, to us talk come on. for? Yeah, pause, oh, okay. pause and come back. Yeah. But anyway, so they, so I guess so the way it works is like when they make these course corrections, the shields kind of like the panels move to right. keep reflecting the sun properly. Yeah. Um, forgets to realign them though. Right. So they make the turn, they're going towards Icarus One, didn't realign the shields. He did everything right. He didn't realign the shields. Yeah. So, which again, com- <sighs> Completely understandable. We've had, maybe, and maybe this is like why it works so well as a movie is because everyone's got an analogy to this, right? Right. Where like you, um, maybe a lot of domestic examples, I think, but like your (laughs) wife asks you to do something and you nail 99% of it. Right. One part, which is more or less critical. You forget (laughs) or you do wrong. And then it's like,
1: shit. And that's the part they always remember.
0: But uh, like. You don't get any praise. Justifiably no. No, no. Because like, I'm thinking about situations, not minor things. I'm thinking of things like uh I don't know like I've packed the car to go on a trip I got absolutely everything kids strapped in we're good to go yeah heading out on the highway where's the dog and it's like not a minor thing where it's like oh we'll just buy one when we get there no it's like turn it around turn around <laughs> everything is yeah screwed so it's it's that's why I think that that scene is so effective because it's like everyone's forgotten something like this oh but of again the
1: stakes are so high yeah it's it's not really like forgetting the dog it's no
0: it's forgetting to forgetting to realign the shields, realign and the you shields alive. keep you alive and <laughs> they
1: keep the human race alive,
0: essentially. Yeah. So it's like another one of the questions, like the first one, first question is like, uh, I forget uh, what we were asking, but this one's like, what, you know, what's the worst mistake you've ever made, right? Like what's the biggest <laughs> decision you've made and now right. what's the worst mistake you've ever made and what were the consequences? <laughs> right. That's one to think about at 5am when you yeah. trying to fall asleep. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome everyone. Yes. <laughs> so Kaneda and Kappa go out to fix the panels.
1: But what I find interesting yes. before oh, yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. is, um, so Trey fucks up. Mm-hmm. As a result, all these alarms go off yeah. because the shield or the shield wasn't realigned, and, yeah. and stuff got burned. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Before the alarm goes off, Kappa has a dream that he's falling into the sun. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, which is super cool. Dream. Which is super cool. Dream. After that dream, yeah, everything goes to hell. Oh, good everything leading up to that dream, it's cool, it's normal and whatever. And everything past the dream, it's not good.
0: That's a super cool, cool that you pointed that out because that's kind of a technique. There's a few things that he does in this movie, uh, Danny Boyle, the director, a few choices he makes to just kind of like throw you off balance a Mm -hmm. little bit. That's, I guess I never thought of that, but that's the first one. Because everything's pretty like mellow. You've got the underworld soundtrack. Yeah,
1: it's just really cool, metered sci-fi. Yeah, Like it's, yeah, Nice and it's kind of relaxing actually. And then he throws
0: that dream at you. Yeah, just I him mean, screaming and falling into fire. Yeah, it's really yeah. kind of jarring and then boom. That's, oh yeah, good call. Good call. <laughs> I, I got it. So Kaneda and Kappa go to fix the panels. Again, Captain America's kind of dick about this. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> I volunteer. He's like, oh, I volunteer. I volunteer Kappa. Yeah. Like, and Kappa knowing that yeah. he's responsible for this course. Yep correction okay yeah he does it to his credit to his credit he does it and there's some discussion there about uh, like what the relationship between mace and kappa is because it's kind of what i I like mace because oh yeah before they have that fight about the transmission right and mace starts off the movie with like long hair shaggy beard right after that fight shaves his head shaves his beard clean cut Mm -hmm. and there's like a change in the character where now basically all of his decisions are like scientific and logical and mission oriented. Right? Yeah. And that's why I struggled. First couple of times I watched the movie, I struggled with um, like him volunteering Kappa. I'm like, well, now you're this logical mission first and you're sending the one guy who knows how to work the bomb out to fix. Right. But I guess at the time they're thinking like, this is pretty routine. Yeah. Like this is I, a spacewalk. I, I think that was more of a, an emotional
1: decision on his, but he's just like, you, we're yeah. in this because of you. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Ass out there.
0: Yeah. But I, I like to think that he wouldn't have, like if there was any genuine perceived risk, at least he wouldn't have. True. He wouldn't Kappa. really have done
1: that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's
0: too uh, logical. Yeah. Uh, so, so, oh yeah, I've got a going. note here. The sound design of space was awesome. I don't know if you noticed that when you were watching it, but basically they kind of made space sound like underwater. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, Almost yeah. like comforting when you're like always surrounded by the sun and burning. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like these underwater sort of muted sounds. Yeah. It's just kind of sci-fi where they didn't go for like the silence, which I guess in space, I guess a lot of like the accurate quote unquote sci-fi right. goes for complete silence. Yeah, 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 I think I've read somewhere that it's technically not completely silent. Okay. Like it's a proximity, like if, but for the most part, it's silent after a certain distance. Right. But I, I, I really thought the underwater with contrasted with the sun was super cool. hmm um, the way they shoot the sun, like really, they, they make it clear that the sun is not fucking around. Like <laughs> yeah. it is like seriously, yeah. like everything's shaky and everything, like the frame is on fire whenever the sun is. Oh yeah. It I thought that a was super malevolent
1: awesome. malevolent force. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so spacewalk, they did such an awesome, like just the overwhelming heat, like getting in these giant
1: golden right. suits. The heat. They've got sweat bands on. They're yep. pouring sweat. They've got little water straws yeah. to just like this hydrate. little band, I guess. Little band. And of? Their movement and it's this huge, yeah. bulky spacesuit. And their movements are so labored. Yeah. They've yep. got some sort of propulsion system, yeah. but it's like yeah. the diving
0: suits from the twenties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm it's assuming really that's probably what they based it on. Uh, at that and I was reading uh, that they also based the design on Kenny from South Park. That's look, like, right. actually,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I
0: remember truth. when I first saw it, I'm like, it kind of looks like Kenny. And yeah. then I read about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, they designed it to yeah. look like Kenny. <laughs> and oh my God, they, they well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I told you there'd be spoilers. <laughs> oh, you bastard. So, and the other thing mm-hmm. that was super cool is like, you're so far away from Earth and now you're going into space. Like, you, right, you know right. what I mean? Like, this ain't no, if you go on a spacewalk in Earth orbit. Maybe in 2050, they've got the technology to grab you, right? But yeah. now it's like you float away from this ship. And, I- oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see that a bit later. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that's also happening that they kind of background at first, but becomes a real problem, is that when the ship is rotated, yeah. one of those comm towers... They make the conscious decision that they're going to sacrifice. They have the, like these antennas that are spinning around. Yeah. And because they've already lost communication, like, oh, we'll just let them let the sun take it because yeah, the way it's so angled, it'll get
1: burnt. Cassie is yeah. one of the astronauts. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to keep them in the shade as much as possible. And he's yeah. like, well, you're going to lose the comm tower. He's yeah. like, well, we don't yeah. need them any. Return
0: home, they would, but yeah. we'll worry about that later. Exactly, yeah. So like, let it burn. What could happen? Right.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: shit. <laughs> so it gets burnt. Uh, and on one of its rotations, it aligns itself with the garden that they have on the ship, which is the source of all the oxygen yeah. and food, but mostly the oxygen. Yeah. And it lights it on fire. Yeah. it's It
1: sort of flashes yeah. through the window yeah.
0: almost and just <clears throat> yeah, yeah, lights exactly. it up. And there's oxygen tanks in there, so there's like an explosion and I thought that that was really effective the way that they did that, where it's like there's no question that this is obliterated now, yeah, like it goes from lush green garden to ash yeah, yeah, yeah. in like no time <clears throat> mm-hmm. so um. Right, so the ship tries to like reorient itself. That's how they actually learn about it, which I thought was a super cool interaction with the ship. Yeah. When Cassie, like the ship starts like, oh, I'm, I'm reorienting now. And Cassie's like, no, 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 they're still out there. And the ship's like, and so the ship, so she's like, you know, maintain current course or whatever right. and the ship is like negative returning to original course yeah and that's like the coldness of AI just yeah like knowing what the the, knowing what's of. at stake yeah, it's, it's like- how but it's like the benevolent how yeah. <laughs> it's like you told me to get this mission done and there's only one way to do it at this yeah. point I'll do it pleasantly <laughs> but yeah. I'm not going to obey your command. Yeah. So Kaneda and Kappa need to make a choice who's going to finish the last panel. Uh-huh. They, they, they fix, there's like three or four broken panels. They fix three of them and there's one left. Right. So Kaneda tells Kappa to go back. Again, only person who can actually, you know. Yeah. Work the payload. Yeah. Um, and then like possibly one of the coolest scenes in the movie, Ugh. which is, and I think if you think back to our tsunami terror episode, it made me think of this. Because, like, the way that they depict the sun coming over the shield is like it's a wave, it's a tsunami of fire and light. Uh And you've got Searle saying, Kaneda, what do you see? Yeah, that's so so
1: Searle is uh, called, we know, obsessed to the sun, yeah, obsessed with the sun. Mm -hmm. And the ship is slowly, yeah, turning towards direct sunlight. And and Kaneda fixes the panel, yeah,
0: and trying to get
1: back. And then, and then, yeah, actually,
0: that's what's interesting, he's not. Like he fixes the panel and then he oh, just he stares at the sun. Oh, and he just
1: stands there. That's another thing. Like yeah. Cyril was like, you should all do it. Yeah. Who does it? Kenita. Yeah. So Kinita. we see scenes of Kenita in the observation deck yeah. with sunglasses on. Like yeah. he's kind of interested.
0: Which is another thing. Like it shows you like that isolation, being in charge of humanity. Like <laughs> it'll take a toll. Yeah. And for some it's people a lot more bear. Of yeah. A lot
1: of mental uh
0: Yeah. So um disaster number two. We kind of talked about it already, but it's the fire in the oxygen garden. Right. So disaster one was this panel situation. Disaster two is the fire in the oxygen garden. So we already said computer takes the control back, realigns everything, like this unbargaining AI that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um so uh, Captain America. I've got a note here. This is Captain America. Knows what's up. I'm not sure what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> Maybe we're just watching it. And I think this. He is, knows what's going on. That's a reference, uh, I think, to just his calculation and just knowing like what's at stake and the mission. Okay. Um, he, I think, because he's the one that says vent the oxygen tanks and just let it flame out. Right. Yeah. So that's the thing. Is like we could try and save it, but he's Mace's thinking like you're not going to save it and you're just going to waste time and energy and maybe yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah. So just blow it up. Blow and, it up and use precious oxygen to yeah. do it. Yeah, and Canada backs him up on that. Um, <clears throat> so after this happens, there's a little bit more plot development. Uh, here's a shock. Trey is diagnosed as a suicide risk. Mm. Wonder, he was pretty upset with himself.
1: Yeah. And that goes back to your quote.
0: You know, you're fucked up. Yeah, I fuck up. I fuck up. Yeah. Just too many calculations. Yeah, yeah. And just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, again, what's the worst mistake you've made, right? Like, right now, he has cost a life, directly, a life, yeah. and he blew their oxygen for not only the return trip, but at this point, they don't have enough oxygen to get to their original, like, to get to where they're going to release the payload. Right. They can't even get there. Yeah, so now, and I thought this was an interesting plot device, too, because it kind of ties their fate in with Icarus 1. Because now it's like, well, the only option we really have right now is get to Icarus 1 and hope that they have oxygen. Yeah, yeah. So now it's like, there's no so choice now. They have to go. We can't, we can't go on the original course. Right. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they don't have, oh yeah. And this one was interesting. The conversation between, uh, oh, what was the guard, the botanist's name? I can't remember. Uh, Corazon. Corazon. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> So uh, there was a conversation between her and, um, I really should have changed these names because her, Rachel Weiss, and Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> so they a, her,
1: Cassie and yeah, Mace. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: So they have a conversation about drawing straws because she's she's kind of being logical about it at this point. Yeah. Where, um, like, they have this discussion uh, among the crew, and they say we don't have enough oxygen to get to the payload delivery point now. Right. And she's like, "Well, that's technically not true. We don't have an ox- We don't have enough oxygen for everyone to get there. Right. But if we get rid of people that are." breathing, then we do have enough oxygen to get there. (laughs) Right.
1: And we do have a suicidal man on board. Yeah.
0: So like, how do you make that choice? Right. right? Like you have on the one hand, lives that are immediately proximate to you. And on the other hand, the fate of humanity. Right.
1: (laughs) So who's the most important? Who do we need? Who's expendable? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then like, that's a lot of short straws.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess they, later on there's a scene, I thought, I just, I took note of it cause I, I like the scene. It's a conversation between Cassie and Kappa when Kappa's like testing the payload, making sure that it's working. All right. And, uh, she asks, she asks Kappa if he's scared and he gives uh-huh. like this beautiful speech about the physics of it and how amazing it's going to be when it goes off and to see it and like to restart the sun is going to be amazing. And he ends with, no, I'm not scared. Uh-huh. And what I really liked about that is that like Cassie, as if she didn't hear him, she just says, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that that was like, um, I thought like one, of, basically one of them is telling the truth. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and I think fear in the face of disaster is inevitable. Of course. So it's like, you can wax poetic as much as you want about physics. Yeah. Like cap you're shit in your pants. Exactly. Right. If you're not, you're dumb. Exactly. And you're not dumb. Yeah. So. And the other thing, like, if you want to get really like <clears throat> philosophical about it, it doesn't matter how heroic you think you are. The first ingredient in being a hero is fear. <laughs>
1: Right, yeah. Like if you're not ever
0: afraid of anything, then you don't have the opportunity to be heroic. Yeah, exactly. So I think the point of that scene is like, he says, no, I'm not scared, but everyone's like, okay. Yeah, you are. Yeah. We've seen your you, dreams. You, yeah. <laughs> Read the viewer yeah. no differently. Exactly. So they get to Icarus 1 and they dock. Uh, what I thought cool that I missed the first time I watched the movie, I guess, or I just never thought about it, is the entire ship detaches from the the dish with the payload. Yeah. And it like flies so over it. to Icarus 1. Yeah. Which is just another one of those like, they keep throwing in these pinches of like risk. All right. Right? Where it's like, you're so far away. The stakes are so high. <laughs> and you have to like release yourself from the payload and float over and, your and dock and like, oh <laughs> God. Like, is that just a routine? Yeah.
1: Have you ever done this? Or, <laughs> like, they like Lego blocks, yeah, they just right.
0: go, Oh God, just like, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's like. I remember watching that and thinking like, that's a lot riskier than I remembered. And I sighed more and more with Mace
1: every right. time I watched the movie. Oh yeah,
0: like why didn't you just
1: just go, going back to the like go back the to the mission.
0: beginning where it's like he says like, I think the quote is like we're we're obviously not going to do that. Now. Right. Right. It's right. like yeah, you should have listen to Mace. Yeah, he had it right. Yeah. Um, I'm always on the
1: side of the wall, almost, with the voice of reason.
0: Well, I think, and that's kind of what appealed to me is because it's such a good depiction, I thought of like maybe the scientific approach to a lot of these problems. Mm -hmm. Like there's not too much, you get more and more emotion as disasters happen, as would happen in real life. I'm not saying scientists are perfect, but like Mace is such a good example of like seeing clearly
1: yeah. I guess. I mean, he's very military minded. I'm yep. pretty sure he, he's
0: enlisted in, in some probably form, yeah. his character yeah. is. So yeah. that's his sort of mindset. Yeah. And so here's the other second. So they're boarding Icarus One and the other effect, like the first sort of thing that throws you off, <laughs> off balance is that dream that Kappa has of falling into the sun. Yeah. Second thing, they do those single frame flashes of the Icarus One crew. Oh yeah. As they're boarding mm-hmm. Icarus One. Yeah. And I remember seeing it in theater being like, that's... So the, the first time I was like that's kind of weird. Like, do people still do subliminal messaging or whatever? Yeah. But yeah. then you kind of like let it. The more the more I watch the movie, the more I appreciate how effective that is. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like, it doesn't need. It doesn't even need to depict anything. Like, maybe it's showing that their Icarus One is on their mind. Right. But maybe it's just something that they're doing to throw you off balance and to make you think about the Icarus One crew. Yeah. It's just such a cool. It's, like, it's one of those one of those aspects <laughs> of the movie that first on the first watching i was like i don't know but then it like grows on me not even grows on me i just right. I come to appreciate what it's about yeah I, I think it's
1: the idea that no i mean the discussion up to this point has been they've got a second bomb they've, they made have oxygen and this and that but no one really acknowledges like they, they might still be alive. Like there's people right. there too, they might not be dead or yeah. we might find their corpses. Yeah. Like that never really gets discussed. Yeah, that's maybe true. Maybe mentioned in passing. So it's just sort of that reminder that I think it's on their minds. Yeah. As they're going in, like probably the first thing, like where are the, where's the crew?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So at the same time, so I think Mace, no, Mace has gone there. Um, So they get a message back on Icarus 2. Mm-hmm. That's being broadcast from Icarus 1, and it's Pinbacker talking. Oh, right. And he basically says, we've abandoned our mission. Our son's dying. There's no point. Who are we to say it's not our time to die? Yeah. And just like- And the, um, the
1: message is garbled, and he's
0: but he's clearly disfigured oh, yeah. in some way. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, a have got a direct quote here. It says, when he says it's our time to die, who are we to challenge God? Right. And that's the first time where like, again, not to- <clears throat> In these kinds of movies, once you say the G, once a character that's a scientist says the G word, you know that like <laughs> this is all is not. All is not well. All is not well. No. So, um, but what I thought was interesting is regardless of whether you're religious or not, being at this distance from, uh, from the earth and from mm-hmm. all of humanity mm-hmm. is going to change you as a human. Right. Especially like if they're getting this message, I don't know if they know at this point whether he's alive or not. But like, if you've been here for anything longer than a month, a couple weeks, weeks, yeah. there's going to be some fundamental changes happening in your oh, mind. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then like, just knowing you're literally all that stands between oblivion and the continuation of the human race and just sitting with that. And like, what do you, what do you do with that knowledge? It's <laughs> a lot to, uh, it's <laughs> a lot to have on your head. So they keep looking through Icarus one and they find the old crew burned to ashes in the observation room. Yep. <clears throat> Looking very
1: much like a scene from Pompeii. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I guess the message that Pinbacker sent means that they kind of came to the consensus as a crew or maybe the implication that he's trying to make is that they came to a consensus as a crew that it's not their place to challenge God. We're supposed to die. And they all lit themselves on fire in the observation room. Because if like, oh yeah, we forgot uh-huh. to mention, like there's the, there's like a shield in the way uh, and you just, uh, they did a really good thing at very, beginning of the movie to demonstrate how powerful the sun is when you're this close to it. Right. And Cyril's like talking to the computer and he says, oh, how, how much of the sun am I seeing right now? And the computer says like 1.5%.
1: Yeah. I, well, I wrote it. Okay. He was able to, she, the most she, the computer was able yeah. to give him was 3.1% yeah. for 30 seconds. Right. And yeah. that's when he, he was just like, oh. Yeah. And like, that's when he
0: gets like sunburned. Right? Yeah. Basically. So it's like, they get there and like the shield is up. Like they've just been, the crew has been exposed to the sun full on. Yeah. So they're like burnt to a crisp.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of unclear. Well, my thought was maybe they
0: weren't there voluntarily. Like maybe oh, okay. Pinbacker might've yeah forced that on them. Well, I wonder. Cause I don't know. So I think I got the impression watching it this time. And like I said, I notice more things every time I see the movie. Yeah. Um, I got the impression how they were posed that it wasn't involuntary because they're like, some are sitting, there's some on the floor. They don't okay. really seem like bound or anything.
1: No. So I don't know if- But possibly just trapped them in the off room. guard. Yeah. I don't know. Because I think I remember seeing them sort of huddled together. Okay. Like, yeah. But who knows? It's, it's, Fair it's, enough. Different yeah, ways to read it. It's open-ended. Again. Yeah. Different ways purpose. to read it.
0: Right, right, right. Um, I just, I thought it was interesting that if it was voluntary, it kind of comes back to the power of small groups and having a charismatic leader. Yeah. Uh, and no communication with the outside world. <clears throat> it's kind of like a Lord yeah. of the Flies situation yeah. almost.
1: Having it be voluntary
0: is, is much more disturbing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So disaster three. That was a little bit of plot development, but uh-huh. now there's a third one, uh-huh. the airlock explosion. Uh-huh. So Icarus one and Icarus, Icarus one or Icarus two is docked to Icarus one. Uh, and there's an explosion that happens at that docking point, yeah. the airlock. The airlock and the Icarus one is damaged and it's venting atmosphere. Um, so basically the clock is running. Mm-hmm. So there's only one spacesuit left on Icarus one. And this is another point where I think Mace, it speaks to Mace's logic and sort of scientific mind. Yeah. But he basically, <laughs> Captain America in my notes, <laughs> gives the suit to Kappa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that he does it is, uh, so Trey, uh, not Trey, the communications officer. Harvey. Harvey. <clears throat> he we haven't kinda, really
1: talked about Harvey much yet. No, we he's haven't. He's sort of an interesting character.
0: And that's maybe that's telling because he's around and he's like the communications officer, but he hasn't really done too much yet. He's usually the voice of dissent. Yeah, he's he's logical
1: like Mace, but yeah. he also you can tell he has he's a bit of a coward.
0: Yeah, and
1: yeah. when Kanita dies, yeah, he's in command. Like he's that's second right. in command. That
0: was important to and mention.
1: Another thing I noticed that's interesting is there's a scene early in the movie when they come up. They're like, "Hey, look, it's Mercury." Yeah. So everything's still fine at this point. They're coming up to Mercury. Everyone's yeah. like, ah. He's not looking
0: right. He's looking down. Yeah, He's, it's it's weird. That's that's a great catch. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I I uh, I don't know if I noticed it or I was reading about the movie, but that's a cool detail. Yeah, where I think everyone's sort of on this mission and they're amazed and believe in what they're doing, and he, that maybe that speaks to him just being kind of afraid. And I think like, it's yeah, his his sort of fear. Like, like he, I don't want to look because it's gonna make it real. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. the only contact they really have with what they're doing is that observation room. Otherwise you're right. just on a ship. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So anyway, he's in charge now. Right. And so he kind of like, he's, he was in another part of Icarus One, he comes up, he's like, oh, what's going on? Uh-huh. And then Mace just kind of gives him the deal where he's like, uh, you know, we're venting oxygen, we need to get back to Icarus One, there's only one space suit, Cap is taking it. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time you hear him like, cause there's like, they see that there's one suit, they don't really make a decision and they Mace just makes the decision as if it's already been made yeah. by logic. You say, yeah, like, no duh. Yeah, because he's yeah. the only one that can do it. Mm-hmm. Harvey pushes back because mm-hmm. um, they're still humans. So he gets into a fight about like, oh, it should be me because I'm in command. But right. it's really because much he wants to survive. He wants to survive. Yeah, exactly. Because he's not ready to... Totally human nature. Sure. Like I... I could totally see having those thoughts at least, but I guess that character gives into. I'm sure that would be me. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I know I'm no hero.
0: You want you want to think that you're going to be brave. You want to think that you're going to oh, be a yeah. mace who is like. If I were there, disguised. I would. Yeah. You're not. No. 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 Ties back into so much that we've talked about. Oh, yeah. Bomber Blitz comes to mind immediately. Oh, it's yeah. like right. you think you're going to jump into action, you're going to be slack jawed, or exactly. you're going to give into your first emotion, which is going to be fear in right. the situation. Right. Like, no, I want it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, Right, so I wrote here like movie tries to paint him as a coward, but would any of us act differently? Like we'd mm-hmm. certainly think the same, um, and maybe the stronger of us would act like Mace does. Right, but, you know. So they basically decide to blow the airlock, and that's going to like blow them into Icarus Two, essentially. Yeah, because Icarus Two is just kind of like I think their airlock. or no, the Icarus One airlock's kind. Either way, they They're just use the pressure more and or fire less themselves. lined up, so yeah. they
1: can blow it, fly yeah. across yeah. Mason Harvey. Cover themselves with as much insulation as possible, yep, and he's yep. like, Close your eyes, breathe out slowly. It's yeah. kind of probably far fetched, but yeah. ah, what the hell? It's yeah, like, what are sci-fi? you gonna do? like? Yeah, exactly. That's going to be part of any sci fi. Usually, yeah. sci fi is way like you know, a window blows out in space, and you experience a light sucking, yeah. <laughs> but if you just hold on,
0: yeah. Tight, you'll yeah. be all right. No, <laughs> no, yeah. No, this This movie's pretty on point. I, mean, I love how harsh they make space. Oh like, yeah. Space and the sun are not messing around. No. Co- it speaks back to what we've talked about again a lot, which is like nature. It, it nature doesn't care that we're here. Uh, space is a vacuum whether we want it to be or not. It's not concerned with little fly specks. No. Like we've Us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and our exactly. stupid machines. Exactly. And our and our like Mental hangups about not wanting to die. Yeah, like that's that's a you problem. That's a you I'm problem. I'm just gonna suck you into I'm, space. I'm gonna
1: crush you and not <laughs> yeah. even realize I did it. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, wasn't on purpose. Yeah, yeah. it's just no beef. Yeah. Just, just you know, what were you doing there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't idiot. go into space. Don't go into space. <laughs> Do go into space though. It's awesome. You should. Yep. Yeah. Let's not stop. Let's get to Mars. <laughs> so anyway, they blow it. Um, oh, and Cyril has to stay behind. Stro- yeah, because someone's gonna manually, manually blow. Manual. It. Yeah, that, and that's an important point too, man. I missed all of these, a lot going on. And I missed a lot of these important, I'm so glad that it's two of us. (laughs) Right.
1: So Harvey's the big wuss puss. Yeah. Yeah. Cyril, without question, he's like, no, someone's got to stay behind and it's me. Yeah. But even, even that interaction
0: is like, that's another four, like one of those foregone logical decisions Mm -hmm. that like it's, you get that impression that like it's been made at high level where it's like, it's obvious to everyone, but Harvey's like, you know, they're like, oh, we have to stay behind. And Harvey's like, oh, you're thinking me? That's right. He's like,
1: like oh, I bet you think you're going to say yeah. it's me.
0: I was like, yeah. no, dude. No, it's, it's me. me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone, everyone's done the logic, yeah. right? And it's like, well, I'm the psychologist. I'm important, but you don't need a psychologist at this point in the mission. Right. So I'm staying behind. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Uh, so boom. So they get back. Um, he's left all behind on the Icarus One. Um, and this whole time, Icarus 1 has been shielded by Icarus 2, like the way it's positioned. Mm-hmm. So like Icarus 2 starts flying away. But uh, well, they don't all get back. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I glazed over. Um, perhaps Harvey had some valid concerns after all. Because <laughs> <laughs> they vent it. They fly across and he hits some debris. Right. And goes spinning.
1: Yeah. Kappa is able to grab Mace. Yeah. Can't get
0: Harvey. No, no. And Harvey goes spinning. Spinning off into space with no space on. No. And that's terrifying. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought that that movie, again, I'm not sure if a movie has, I don't know if we as humans have seen what happens to a human being on total like decompression like that. in Right. But I think this movie, again, without being too informed about it, this is at least my favorite depiction of.
1: Yeah, I've seen some dumb depictions and this one's,
0: Pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Just like he kind of like crystallizes. And again, great juxta- juxtaposition because he's like freezing. You've got mm-hmm. like the underwater kind of sounds. Yeah. And then eventually you just see him float beyond the edge of the shield and just <laughs> yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Just like... Burnt, into a
1: crisp and gone.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they start leaving now. So after all that happens, right. uh, Cassie sends that last... say Like she sends a message to Searle, the psychologist who stayed behind. Yeah. Searle, we're leaving now. Right. Which is kind of like... I have an analogy of like, you remember being left home alone, especially if your parents were going on like a longer trip. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of exciting and cool. Yeah. But it's also, you've got that like, I'm alone now. I'm alone in yeah. the house. So <laughs> amplify that by about a billion. Right. And that's Searle at this point. Right. Yeah. He's like, okay, we're leaving now. It's like,
1: okay. So, go, All so right.
0: where does he go? Yeah. So he goes out the way he wanted. So he goes straight to the observation room. And he just, he's sitting there and he's waiting for Icarus two to move out of the way mm-hmm. with a shield. And as soon as it does, he gets sun full blast, no full
1: filter. 100%.
0: And he's burned to death by the heat of the sun. Yeah. Which <clears throat> is kind of poetic for him because that's kind of what he yeah, wanted. It's, he wanted to feel uh, the full thing. Yeah. 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 So now, um, yeah. So with the death of Harvey and Searle, uh, they have almost enough oxygen to make it to the delivery point. Yeah. They didn't end up getting any of the oxygen from Icarus one because of like the venting and everything. So mm-hmm. that didn't go as well as they had wanted. Um, they all suspect Trey of blowing the airlock. So right. Trey's been on suicide watch this whole time. They basically sedate him. He's been unconscious yeah. for yeah. this whole thing. Um, and then they they vote to kill him. Right. You remember that scene? Like yeah. when they're sitting around, everyone votes yes, except for Cassie. Yeah. Um, she won't sacrifice one life for all of humanity. Which again, like- Cassie. <sighs> Get on board. Sure, there's that. But there's also <laughs> like it's it's easy to say that you'd be in that situation, you do the math and be like, Yeah, humanity versus one life. Kill him. Oh, I know. But again, it, it's like it, 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 <laughs> Yeah, kill the guy you've been on a ship with for at least a year, right, getting here. Right. And training before that, and probably knew him, you know, from the scientific community. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. No. Um unless you're Captain America. Oh yeah,
1: without a moment's hesitation. Yeah, but she's sort of like, "You want my vote? You can't have it." And then they yeah. go to do it anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. so it was sort of a little s- song yeah. and dance, anyway. Exactly. We gotta kill him.
0: So she, uh, but eventually she does come on board because she realizes Mace is going to do it anyway. Yeah. So she just says, "Make it easy for him." Right. So I had, I always laugh at this. Like she says, make it easy for him. Cuts to Mace grabbing a vibrating knife. <laughs> it's like <laughs> pillow. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have any pillows no, on this ship? No, chip? pillows. No? no? Okay. Cool, cool. Vibrating knife. That'll do it. I know. But Trey's already killed himself. Or right. at least he's dead.
1: He is dead. Looks like he killed himself. Yeah. Maybe but he did. Maybe he didn't because he didn't. when uh, Mace grabs that knife, there's already a knife missing.
0: Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Huh interesting just something i noticed well i know. noticed things maybe they just forgot to pack another knife probably so probably mace blames somewhere. kappa for diverting the mission and there's that scene of like it's like oh snap when he like puts his hand in the blood and wipes yeah. it on kappa's hand and this he says is... this belongs here yeah, yeah And it's like yeah. oh that is cold <laughs> and then they try to fight they fight but they collapse because there's, there's no, no oxygen, oxygen. <laughs> Of course, like lo- assholes. My favorite part of that whole interaction, they're like panting on the ground after fighting like idiots. Yeah. And then the women, obviously, right. um, Corazon, right? Corazon yeah. and Cassie just step over them emotionless, <laughs> like, you idiots. Yeah, like we we need that air. Yeah. Can you can you cool it? Can you just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly? And I just like that's telling. Like yeah, the women that's great. in my life, my wife is the rational one. Yeah. So <laughs> But I guess we based- kind of
1: tag team that role, me and my, my wife. And yeah. Me, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's good to know.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm the dreamer and she's the one that makes sure I don't die. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. So disaster number four, mm. I've got a title for it, but I'm going to save it. Okay. So Kappa runs the numbers. He's like doing some math in the payload or whatever. He runs a number, number he's talking to the computer. Right. Um, and the computer warns him that, or no, he's like working and he's not talking to the computer yet, but the computer says you're dying. Mm -hmm. And Kappa's like, yeah, we know we're dying. Just all we have to do is make it to the payload delivery point. And the computer's like, yeah, but you're not going to make it. Yeah. But they've done the math. Like everyone, there's just, there's three of them now, right? Trey was nice enough to off himself. Exactly. Yeah. So, but how? So like there, and he says there are only four of us now, so there should be enough oxygen. Right. And then what I appreciate more and more every time I watch the movie, as with everything, is the computer saying negative, there are five crew members. I guess they, so thought that they thought there were four and there's five. And yeah. you're like, how far am I from earth? What do you mean there's five? <laughs> we didn't pick up there's no hitchhikers. There's no hitchhikers. Yeah. And this is where the movie gets controversial. And, right. you know, it's, which always bugs me, but I gotta, I gotta mention it because it does bug me so much. It's like one of those pet peeves I have. Yeah, is yeah, this yeah. controversy about the movie? So he, Kappa starts walking around because he asks like, where is, like, what do you mean the fifth crew member? Mm-hmm. So computer tells him it's in the observation room. Yeah. Kappa goes there, finds it like open, way too bright. And there's a form lying there. Yeah. Lying For- on the ground. Yeah. So the form gets up and it's pinbacker. Yeah. And here I've got a quote. I'm going to read it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll play the actual quote. We'll see, we'll see how bold I'm feeling with copyright issues if we're getting more <laughs> listeners. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just going to read it now and then maybe we'll put in the quote because okay. it's just, it's one of the best parts of the movie. If you don't watch any other part of the movie, just watch the whole movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just don't watch. <laughs> watch the whole thing.
1: A moment will come when just one man remains. And the moment will pass. The man will be gone. There will be nothing to show that we were ever here. But stardust. The last man.
0: Ah, Ah. So here's the thing. Any controversy that says, like the the big controversy that I always hear about is that it like turns on a dime and becomes a slasher movie. Uh Uh-huh. Nah, man. Like there's, we've pointed out a few places now where we've gotten transmissions from Pinbacker and we've seen the, like how other crew members in analogous positions act. Mm -hmm. And like, it's clear that this situation is playing on everyone's mind. Yeah. Nobody's mind more than the people in charge. Yeah. You had Kaneda who already was, you know, he let himself burn to death. Right. You, the next person who took over, which was uh, Harvey. Mm-hmm. Like he also like, that's when he unleashes his inner coward. Right, right. Like, so anyone who ends up in charge loses, loses it. it. And this guy has been in charge, we've learned now for seven years by himself. Yes. Like We don't know when that crew torched themselves or when they were torched by him, no. but he's been alone for a long time. Yep. He's yep. all in now. Um, cause on the ship,
1: on Icarus one, they, the, 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 the greenhouse had
2: yeah, grown overgrown. wild. Yeah. Like
1: there was vegetation for miles. There was water. Like everything was working except the engines were self-sabotaged or right. had yeah. bad been sabotaged. Yeah. 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 So he's, so- he's been chilling.
0: Yeah. And I've got, I've got an analogy here, like a little note that's, it's an analogy to the tsunami terror where, and we talked about this already, the world and the universe doesn't care that we're here and it won't care when we're gone. Mm -hmm. And that's this quote exactly. Yeah. Especially like, uh, at the end of time, a moment will come when just one man remains, then the moment will pass. Right. As if. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. We're never here. Bye. Yeah, Yeah. We'll be here with the rest of the universe. It's such a good quote. And
1: once I actually played it we play, I was playing a show yeah. with the band Murderata, and okay. at the end, like yeah. I just had my iPod, and I was yeah. like, "I'm gonna play this at the end, like nice. the very end of the show," and yeah. I just blasted it. Nice. And then it ends with him going, like he's like, "Oh my god, it's Pinbacker." Yeah. He's like, "Not your god, my god!" And then he yeah slices him, and the music goes crazy. And I just, Nice. And then I killed it, and that's how the set ended. That pretty, is a pretty nice, great way to end a set. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's fucking awesome. Um, so yeah, like imagine, just imagine. Being the last human being alive and knowing it, right? Yeah. Like as far as Pinbacker knows, Earth is, right. might be dead at this point. He's, so he yeah. could very well think that he is the last human being alive.
1: I never really thought of that. Yeah. Weirdly.
0: Yeah, right? Like I never thought in
1: his mind, the mission failed. Yeah. It was their one shot. Yeah. Earth is a snowball. Yeah. And he is the last human.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, right. seven years, <laughs> right? And there must be another, which
1: might as well be a hundred.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. And yeah. I like I, I had I had a note here that says there must be other analogies through histories, like the last survivor on a sinking ship or the last soldier alive <laughs> yeah. in a war zone. Yeah, yeah. And I've got I've got a juicy analogy coming up in a future disaster that okay. is like, I would be surprised if the screenwriters didn't know about it. Anyway, okay. So I'm intrigued. Little little teaser for the future. Yeah, yeah, Keep right, listening. All right. Subscribe. Like. Yeah. <laughs> five stars. Five stars. So, yeah. So this is basically where people split in the movies. Some write it off as turning into a slasher film because like he says, not, not my, not your God, my God. And he slashes like, and then he kind of goes on this, like he runs away and that's when the movie gets really like lights get killed and you know, like. Yeah.
1: Uh, Pinbacker. Yeah. Plunges them into darkness. Yeah which goes back to the quote about surreal, like darkness yeah, is the absen- absence of something. It's a vacuum. That's Great. what he brings with him. Not only that, but anytime he's on screen, there's yeah. this crazy, yeah. it's like this yeah. unreality. Yeah. Like everything is getting kind of psychedelic and just surreal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Like the camera and then the effects, it's
0: it's weird. It's so cool. Yeah. They do you never really a- get a good look at him. Yeah, exactly. But exactly.
1: But he's, he's completely disfigured.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just burnt to a crisp right. essentially. Yeah, And naked, I think. So yeah, so I've basically got uh, two points here to counterpoint that because like they basically write it off as turning into a slasher movie. Right, 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 right. First off, nothing wrong with a slasher movie.
1: A slasher right? movie done well is is a rare thing, and yeah. you know.
0: And it's it's kind of like, uh, I don't even buy the argument that, and this gets to my second point. But okay, so first of all, like it's a great fucking sequence. Like, yeah. The whole the whole thing, like okay, yeah, it, it might turn into what you call a slasher movie, but it's an amazing one of the best slasher movies I've seen. Right. So Pinbacker kills the lights. They're appropriate jump. There's like one or two jump scares, but they're appropriate. You know, mm-hmm. my pet peeve with jump scares right. where I'm like, I hate move. I hate horror movies that are just jump scare. I know. Cause like, that's not, that's not movie making. I can blast sc- an air horn right now and scare you. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't make me a brilliant filmmaker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you, if you earn them like this movie does and right. how like. It's spent I think- the last hour and a half earning it. So. Yeah. Like I think hereditary has like one jump scare. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you earn that. You yeah. get, you, you get this one. Yeah. Um, There's a terrifying threat because, like, now you're locked inside with this guy. Yeah, you can't get off. Right? It's not like, oh, we'll just get out of the ship. Right now, you're like, you're in it. (laughs) Yeah. And now, and the second point is like, just see the entire discussion we've been having. Like, Pinbacker's losing his mind isn't far fetched, and it's not even like it's not even hinted at. Like, his character is developed this way throughout the show. Absolutely. Um, and he's not like a,
1: like a real. A major trope of any slasher movie is the, 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 the Jason or whatever, the, the, what do you call it? The murderer. The murderer. (laughs) I'm just saying murderer. Is basically Superman. Like they have power. Like they'll, they walk and they're faster than anyone. They'll show up over here when they were over there. There's none of that. No. Like it's just. No, exactly. A person who's insane with murderous intent. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so to write it off is that is... that is No.
0: It's, you've got some other exactly. stuff going on. <laughs> exactly. And like I listened to... Uh, Just no joy in your I life. I guess like there was a screening of the movie hosted by Quentin Tarantino and there's a YouTube clip of him like introducing the movie. Uh. And like I was with him for th- like two thirds of the intro. intro uh-huh. And then he's like... And then comes the unfortunate third act and he spends like five minutes shitting all over the movie. And I'm like, dude. Dude. Come on. What are you talking about? Like... <sighs> why would he... I don't know. Just get what behind you sh- the movie if he hates one third of it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Maybe, maybe we'll link that, and you can hopefully share in our outrage because right. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I listen to him talk, and I'm like, that so. Yeah. <laughs> it's good still. I, know. I I I never heard. That. I like if I watched this in a
1: in a vacuum, yeah. it never would have occurred to me that no. it, it flipped like that. Like and, it, it was just sort of like the thing that happened that yeah. pushed the third act into. You know, overdrive.
0: I'm going to be honest. The first time we saw it in theaters, my friends and I were unsure about that ending. Like we came out being like, or at least when it first happened, I remember, I probably remember leaning over to, uh, I think it was Nuclear Norm. Hey. Nuclear Norm was there. He saw it with me. Smart guy. So I remember just, I think we kind of like leaned over and were like, kind of groaned a little bit when it first happened. Okay. Because I think we were maybe in that camp where we thought it was one kind of movie and then it becomes a different kind of movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, I've kind of come to appreciate that movies can do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? We, we had this conversation about hereditary. Right. Right. You go through that whole movie. I went through it. Absolutely. I went through it thinking like, oh, this is going to be a story about mental illness. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Maybe it's just like a haunting. Right. Oh, okay. But it's, maybe it's like this other thing. And then by the end of the movie, you're like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's exactly what happened. That's fine.
1: Sir, sir, some venting. Sur- <laughs> Let me just sir, some vent you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My expectations, which is good. That's another gripe I can never understand. Like yep. I didn't like this cause it wasn't what I thought it would be. Like, right. is that not a good thing? Yeah. Usually that's a good thing. Right. It was unpredictable.
0: I. Good. I am. Stupid, stupid people. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not the reason I'm you didn't. I'm smarter than everybody else. That's not the reason you didn't like, uh last Jedi, right? Uh, <laughs> Did I just catch you in a No, no, no. no yeah. Different reasons. I, yeah. A lot of people didn't like last Jedi hour. because that was the main thing. Yeah. Oh, we won't, no, we won't no. get into it. We won't get into it. I don't Don't think get into so. it. I'm stopping it right now. Stopping it right now. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, one of the things that pinbacker does is pulls the core of the computer out of its coolant. So we didn't talk about this, but the it's got like this massive supercomputer that's liquid cooled. Yeah, and so like they get a Mace. Here's the alarm that's that the computer's shutting down. So there is that brilliant like it's a little bit obvious, but I really appreciate it that like Mace freezing to death this yeah. close to the surface of the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That, that's kind of I always see that, and it's it's almost like an obvious choice maybe, but I always appreciate it where it's like, thanks guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little juxtaposition. Yeah,
1: but there's a scene early on when he. He's fixing or he's messing around with that, that cooling system. He drops a wrench into
0: the coolant. Yeah. He
1: fishes it out really quickly and his hand is fucked.
0: Yeah. 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 So at this <clears throat> point. He's like, he got, he's got to dive he into it. gets into it. Like full body, fixes the computer for the most part. Right. At least the computer that needs, that were needed to finish the mission. Basically. Right. Just the basic. Yeah. So, um, so Kappa gets into a suit, like one of these big Kenny suits yeah. and he blows the airlock and um, Because, so he's like, I think he's detached the payload at this point, and he's trying to get away from like the main ship where he thinks Pinbacker is, and he needs to detach the payload to finish the mission. He doesn't
1: want to, he doesn't want to go through the main ship because that's where Pinbacker is.
0: Uh, And Pinbacker's locked him in an airlock at this point too.
1: Pinbacker. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, He locked him in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so he's got to figure out a way to get out of the airlock and into the payload, I think. Yeah. So he like, burns a hole in the airlock. Right. And then it get like, it depressurizes and like explodes and then. And he can barely move at this point. Yeah. Like he's
1: so yeah. starved for oxygen. And yeah. at one point he falls
0: yeah. yeah. and he can't get up. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. So fr- it's like a 300 like, pound suit. Yeah. Right? I, yeah.
1: It, it, it makes my bones lock up yeah. watching that. And he's just like, ah.
0: I don't even, they kind of glaze over how he gets up, I think. Or they, they show it, but it's I think like. he just wills it. Herculean, Herculean like strength. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he separates the play, payload and he starts a countdown to the Payload ignition. So he's got to get from like the bridge to the payload in yeah. this lumbering suit. Yeah. So it's like the stress of like running for the bus plus a 300 pound spacesuit plus the fate <laughs> of humanity. So <laughs> <laughs> at least
1: no one can see you look like an idiot. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and that's, there's, there's that also like that frustration of like in these giant suits, you need to move slowly and fluidly so that you can actually move. Yeah. But you're also trying to hurry the fuck up. So yeah. it's like that. Anytime you've ever like, if you've been rushed and you've tried to do something like screw something in or something or get something done, yeah. the only time I can never close my water bottle is if I'm in a rush
1: yeah, exactly. and I'm just like, get it.
0: So it's like, this is like, I've got four minutes to travel this huge distance, but I have to do it slowly. Right. Crazy. So meanwhile, Pinbacker
1: kills Corazon. Yeah. Who- That's right. She found a one surviving little bud in the greenhouse and she's all happy about it. Not that it would have- Yeah. I don't know if the implication
0: it. there is that she could have grown more.
1: She could have grown more and maybe they would have had a trip, a chance at a trip home. I yeah. don't know. How, how are you going to grow that and just yeah. huddle around it and breathe? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But anyway, right. he stabs her in the back and she's dead.
0: Yeah, yeah, big time.
1: Uh, and uh, Mace he freezes. says, Kappa, yeah. do what you need to do. I'm going to fix the computer. Yeah. He gets trapped in the yeah. coolant because the yeah. fucking- Closes on his leg. Closes on his leg. Yeah, yeah. And so he freezes to death. Yeah. And then Cassie kind of disappears.
0: Yeah. She, well, yeah, she's, so she's on the payload with Kappa. Eventually, uh, he yeah, come, yeah. Yeah, so he, Kappa makes it to the payload, uh, rockets fire at like the last second, and then the time begins to distort. And that's right. where like you get those awesome freeze frames. Like the yeah, editing is amazing. It's so weird. Because like the closer and closer you get to the sun, uh maybe we should have asked Nuclear Norm about this. Hmm. The closer you get to the sun, the more time dilates uh, because like the massive gravity. Right, that's and, why the
1: computer simulation couldn't.
0: Yeah, exactly. Make, it just it doesn't just know what's going to happen. past a
1: certain point, it's like, it's space and time. Yeah. Just,
0: yeah. So they do a really cool job depicting that. Pinbacker's on the payload, which again, like if we're talking about controversy, some people might say like, well, how'd he get there so fast? Right. Like we, we, they don't show us Pinbacker between. No, he disappears. Yeah. So and at like, that point,
1: I don't care. Where else is I'm he going to go? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he wants to works. stop
0: them from nuking the payload, <clears throat> nuking the sun. Right. That's where he's going to go. Yeah. So anyway, they get there. There's this is awesome scene of where like he, Pinbacker lifts Kappa up. Again, yeah. and we're talking about super strength. That's not super strength. Like, the, we've established that gravity is distorted on because it's such a massive object, the payload. It's a really weird, huge room, basically, yeah. with yeah. where the, <laughs> the laws of gravity are Yeah, exactly, because the loose. payload is so dense, I think. So yeah. it has its own gravity. Right. Um, anyway, so they picks him up, Cassie grabs him, and they tear the skin off his arm. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. They unglove his arm. That's basically. so cool. <laughs> yeah. And then they fall down the side of the payload, and it's so dense that it, like... Just get stopped by its own yeah. gravity. Um and then basically uh the rest of the movie is like they they fall into the sun, uh Kappa detonates the uh the payload. Yeah. Uh and it works. It works. So And we
1: see Kappa enveloped yeah, he gets, by light. He gets his much uh much like Cyril was Yeah. Recommending.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's cool because they have like the blue on the one side and the sun on the other side. Yeah. And I guess the implication there is that like time is dilated. So it is kind of standing still for him. So he gets to actually experience that moment. He gets his like beautiful moment that he was talking about before. Right. Um, And then he's enveloped in light. Sun gets brighter. They show earth basically. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. They they show like this winter wonderland where they're like playing with in the snow and in, the sun suddenly gets brighter. I think it's supposed
1: to be Australia. Because it
0: cuts to a wider view and you see like the the opera house in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it, it looks like cool. Hoth basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And the sun just goes boom.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then- uh, yeah, It worked. That shows, and that's kind of ties back to uh, his the message that he sent <laughs> home, which is like, you know, we won't we won't be in touch with you. But right. if one day you look outside and it's a particularly sunny day, you'll know that we made it. So they get right. their particularly sunny day. Yeah, it's it's
1: <laughs> what he described It sounds subtle. This yeah. is a, an extreme yeah. brightening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So.
0: So yeah, so that is that is sunshine. That's sunshine. And there's a few disasters in there, but <laughs> yeah. that is a disaster yeah. in
1: the movie.
0: That <laughs> is a, a disaster. disaster. <laughs> it's depicting
1: a <laughs> potential disaster.
0: Yeah, so I don't, uh, I, we didn't really make any music selections for this. Uh, I think part of the reason that the movie, that I love the movie as much as I do is because of the soundtrack. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Uh, it's by I think John Murphy and Underworld. Yeah. Um, Underworld (laughs) was, I I didn't realize it was Underworld until I think recently you mentioned it. Okay. Uh, And I've loved Underworld since the 90s. Like, they're 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 like my sound of techno, basically. Like that's the image that comes to mind every time. Yeah. Uh,
1: Second toughest in In the infants, uh, Cowgirl. Oh, Cowgirl is, yeah, I know, that's a great song. Yeah. And the album after that one, uh, what I'm
0: talking about has a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Great song. Bangers. Bangers. Yeah. So check out the soundtrack, watch the movie if you haven't already. If you haven't, that means you didn't listen to us and you should have to pause the, pause the podcast, watch the movie and then come back.
1: You, you, you've done yourself wrong. Yeah.
0: You sure have. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all we had for this time. Um, <laughs> next time. Huh? We're going to be, uh, we're going to be going down to Mexico. Oh. And it's not going to be what that fun. What could
1: possibly go wrong? Well,
0: nothing, nothing really. So hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, If you are, the best thing you can do for us is subscribe and go on iTunes and give us a review. Uh, Might as well make it five stars while you're at it. Five stars. That helps us gain some exposure, get some more listeners, which is fun for everyone. Um, You can also find us on social medias, including Twitter and Instagram at This Disaster Pod. And we're also on Facebook. That's right. So uh, this has been a disaster and we'll see you next time. Ciao.